Welcome to Feminist Buzzkills Live. It's St. Patrick's Day. And well, I got nothing on that. Zero things. Hope you're having a good time, whatever that means. I'm Liz Winstead, and with me is my fellow buzzkill and co-conspirator and someone whose earrings speak for all of us on St. Patrick's Day, Moji Alabodeel. Hello, all. We are sending our love to our other buzzkill, Marie, who is feeling a little under the weather today. That's right. Get well, Marie. We are thinking of you. It's not the same without you, but the show must go on. So let's get to it. Basically, if your state ends in a vowel, it probably did some heinous shit this week. Today's show is bringing some next level garbage from Missouri, Idaho, and Oklahoma. Plus Texas, because while if the sun came up today, something horrible happened in Texas. That's just math. (laughs) Um, Is that math? It's facts. Or science. Science. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The good news is that Amy Hextra Miller, the CEO of the independent clinic group, Whole Woman's Health is here to give us the updates on her lawsuit against this mess of a state. Plus, she has some good news. What? I know. Good news. If that's not something to sing about, I don't know what is. Praise be, Moji. Yeah. But before we get to (laughs) amazing Amy, we are going to go around the horn and check out some of the BS that is popping this week. Well, I draw, I drew the short stick and I'm ripping <laughs> off my abortion band-aid. Oh, man. Oklahoma has spent the last six months, two full trimesters, watching Texans leave their state for abortion care, watching their own Oklahoman providers shoulder a huge portion of this care, and observing the terror that Texas has unleashed on pregnant people. And the response by the Sooner Senate, Senate when they met, why... They, of course, advanced reproductive cruelty, almost identical to the Tex-ass. Of course, they gave their stamp of approval on six pieces of legislation that include a six-week heart ban, a heartbeat ban, which is not a thing, a 30-day abortion ban, and of course, blessing the private lawsuits of randos up to 10K against abortion providers and those aiding and abetting a pregnant personer. And Governor Kevin Shit, I'm sorry, <clears throat> Kevin Stitt has gleefully pledged to sign them all. Liz, a 30-day ban is just an outright ban that sounds more marketable, right? I mean, this will mean the I end mean, if of they really, le- yeah. <laughs> sorry. This will be the end of legal abortion access in Oklahoma, which is a key overflow state for Texans getting care, and a place that currently has a four to six week wait for an abortion appointment. The preventable harm of these bans is truly unforgivable. I mean, the 30-day ban is just like, <clears throat> I mean, in Marketing 101, your ban should be $29.99. Like, everybody uh, knows that. Duh, You're going to have a ban. <laughs> you know, take it down. But, you know, the thing about Oklahoma is, you know, Texas has always been the sort of looming, monstrous place where all these terrible bills come from. And Oklahoma has been 
right there as sort of the angry little brother in the corner also doing some shit. Um, they've passed total bans on abortion over and over and over again. In fact, they passed one of the most like banning all abortions outright through their House and Senate about six years ago. And the governor said, I'm not signing this because it will never pass muster in the Supreme Court. And so now here we sit with just like trash on top of trash on top of trash and a 30 day ban. No, it's just a ban. Why do you just call it? Who knows they're pregnant at 30 days? It's just, it's just, it's like disingenuous. Just be honest about what you're doing. You are banning. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's just like saying things, you know, like 30 days, let's say that, you know, it feels nuts. And, (laughs) and you know, the, the Oklahoma bad over in Missouri, however, they were like, I see your near total ban and raise you a total ban and a death warrant. Oh yeah, no, the pro-birth death cult is continuing to outdo itself in stupidity. Missouri lawmakers have been pushing the envelope on overreach, and so they're trying to legislate both outside of the uterus and outside of the state. First, in a topic that always gets my goat, the state rep, Brian Stites, who will not be confused by any facts, proposed a no abortion for you ban that basically called out ectopic pregnancy as a condition that should not be treated. Listen, ectopic pregnancy is when a fertilized egg implants outside of the uterus, usually in the fallopian tubes. It is absolutely non-viable. And the only treatment for it is abortion, period. Fun fact, It's also the number one cause of pregnancy-related death in the first trimester. And so the only reason I could think of to not treat it is to make those hoes suffer. And by those hoes, I mean literally anyone with a uterus. Not to be outdone, another anti-abortion fanatic, moonlighting as a legislator, figured it's not enough to undermine Roe v. Wade in Missouri. They also need to make sure that Missourians don't leave the state for abortion care. So in this country, turns out states cannot legislate outside of their borders, but the word unconstitutional is not holding her back. Everywhere we look, states are given the old Texas bounty hunter technique a ride. This proposal would open doctors, abortion fund workers, clinic marketing recs, and likely yo mama to being sued by whomever wants to sue them. Seriously, will Missourians now be required to take a pregnancy test before leaving the state? I really want to say that's a joke, but it just feels really, really real. You know, it feels really real. I mean, I kind of wish people that ran for the Missouri legislature would have to take a test to see if they fucking know anything. And second of all, there's no, I like that you said ectopic pregnancy is the number one cause of death in pregnancy in the first trimester. And that's because there's no second trimester ectopic pregnancies because (laughs) the cause of death is an ectopic pregnancy. It's so maddening. Also, this travel thing. Are you kidding me? Listen, listen, my TikTok and Instagram is full of people who travel out of state for their Brazilian butt lifts. So like, is Missouri ready to start outlawing that too? Like, when does this bullshit end? I know. I want Sloan Kettering to enter the chat to be like, you can't come here unless you live in New York. I want the Mayo Mm -hmm. Clinic to enter the chat to be like, you can't get any specialized care unless they offer it in your state. I want Nevada to enter the chat and be like, if you don't have legalized prostitution and gambling in your state, you can't come here because that's exactly where we're heading. It is a mess. It is a mess. And you know, and, and all of this is happening 
because everyone was just given a hall pass to go howdy by the Texas Supreme Court. So I guess that's where I'll start with the nail in the coffin news that comes out of the Lone Star State as advocates had one last chance to end this oppressive bounty hunting six week ban thing in the Texas State Supreme Court. But their Hail Mary turned into a hail no as the court was like something out of office space where it's like, look, I'm gonna need you to never come back here. We hate abortion, we hate women, and we only heard this case because we had to, okay? Like, honestly, what it means is that still, any old shitstuffer McGee has the right to stalk any old Texan if they think they're aiding and abetting. There's that phrase again. Someone trying to access abortion in Texas and the federal government can't step in, is not allowed to step in because the Supreme Court and the Texas State Supreme Court said reasons. Yeah. So now let's head up to Idaho, cradle of the KKK, where the guns grow on trees. Now, apparently being known for potatoes and militias was not bringing in the tourisms. So they thought they'd spice it up a bit by passing one of these Texas-style bounty bills, but this time with a kick, doubling the reward money from 10000 to 20000 and by letting grandma or aunts or the inseminator to sue the doctor who performs the abortion. The irony here is when your claim to fame as a state is birthing the neo-Nazi movement, you pretty much are incompatible with human life. Uh, yes. Oh, yes. This is the bill that uh, the co-founder affirmed when asked that an actual rapist cannot sue uh, for the abortion, but their family members can. So it's kind mm -hmm. of a rape mm -hmm. incentivizing bill, you know? Go Idaho. Idaho, yeah, just doing great. And, you know, Eamon Bundy is running for governor. And so uh, anybody who's going to be making these kind of decisions, who literally occupies lands and doesn't pack food for it, uh, <laughs> this is what we're dealing with. But I also want to remind people that that rape piece is huge. And it wasn't until 2014 that 31 states in 2014 allowed the rapist to sue for custody of a child if that rape ended up in a birth. That's wild. 31 states, 31. And even though this allowed for the family of the rapist, no one should have to deal with any kind of pregnancy that comes from a rapist. In, in, they should be able to deal with it in, in any, any capacity. way they see fit. They can deal with it however they any want capacity. to. Exactly. <laughs> it's a mess. And so there were other states that end in vowels that we didn't get to and some that end in consonants. But, you know, we, we only have 30 minutes. And I feel like this is the perfect time to bring in our guest. So with World War III on the horizon, the fact that abortion access is all but gone and this kind of chicanery is happening, it's nowhere on the newscast, it's nowhere in the headlines. And that is the reason we do this show. So there'll always be a spot to catch up, stay informed and learn to do more. And our first guest today is the perfect person on the planet for that. She is the CEO of Whole Woman's Health and has been leading the legal charges against this tsunami of abortion restrictions since they started nearly a decade ago, all while navigating how to provide abortion care while doing it. Please welcome the one and only Amy Hegstrom Miller. 
Amy, Amy, welcome to Feminist Buzzkills Live. I think this is your first time on our actual official show. I can't believe it. Thank you so much, Liz. I love talking to you. I mean, I always love talking to you too because you you have a very calming presence in the face of profound challenges. And for that, uh, I look to you <laughs> often. Um, and speaking oh. of profound challenges, I guess we should kick off the interview with our folks to let them know uh, the status of what's going on in Texas, your lawsuit, um, mm -hmm. patient care, and um, mm -hmm. just give us an update. So we've had this lawsuit, Whole Woman's Health v. Jackson, um, to uh, knock SBA down now for over six months. And we've, we've been all over the place, district court in Texas, uh, circuit court in New Orleans, um, Supreme Court, back to the state court, back to the state Supreme Court. Um, we've, gone, we've, we've gone to all the courts trying to get some justice. Meanwhile, um, thousands of people in Texas have been denied access to safe abortion care and have been forced to migrate um, to other communities or forced to self-manage their own abortion um, on their own um, because um, Texas is basically blocking them from being able to be seen um, through the clinics like ours. Do you see any light for yourselves uh, in in this at all? You know, it's been it's been nuts. I, I, it's really sort of difficult to describe the heartbreak that's been for clinic staff who are fully trained and dedicated to providing safe abortion care. One day able to say yes and accommodate patients and just the next day randomly because of politics, having to turn people away. And our staff are really being forced without their consent to serve as agents of the state, enforcing a law, not only that they don't agree with, but a law that's um, based on stigma against um, their very life life's work. Um, and it's been heartbreaking for the staff, devastating for the patients. Um, one of the lights is just how people are persevering and how um, our staff are dedicated and coming to work and trying to see as many of the people who are eligible for abortions in Texas as possible. I've been really amazed by pregnant people in Texas, just like figuring out how to get an abortion by any means necessary. Uh, we are seeing more people under six weeks than we've ever seen before. Um, prior to SB8, it was about 15% of our patients, and now it's almost 40% of people. Uh, we're having people come in before they've even missed a period, before they even know they're pregnant, because guess what? They need an abortion and they don't want to be denied um, safe access to, to care and they can't be forced to go out of state. And so we are doing our best to see uh, folks and never make anybody wait more than a day or two um, to come in. And then if folks are denied abortion in Texas, we are doing our best to help them. I wanted to quickly ask you, um, last week, a crackpot in Missouri, a politician, has um, proposed a law that you it's it would be criminal you would be criminalized if you cross state lines to have an abortion. And just when we thought you know bounty hunting and a six week ban clearly unconstitutional that will never stand, this seems wholly ridiculous. But can you see something like this holding up even in the court system that we are living with now? So you know I. I 
I think like how far are they going to take states' rights, right? Last time I checked, we all live in the United States of America. This kind of ban that this Missouri politician is trying to introduce um, so that people who need abortions in Missouri who are fleeing to other places like Illinois and other places, this person's trying to stop that. Um, and I think we're going to see criminalization of pregnant people. We're going to see criminalization beyond just the restrictions that we've seen so far to block abortion. And these folks don't have um, health and safety, um, maternal mortality, um, pregnant people's outcomes, healthy families. This is not the values of those folks. This is purely about banning access to safe abortion by any means necessary. Yeah. And we know abortion helps people build healthy families. You and I are from Minnesota and the Mayo mm -hmm. Clinic is here. And mm -hmm. can you imagine telling people from around the country who live in a place and they needed to go to the Mayo Clinic for care, but they couldn't travel to the Mayo Clinic to get the care they need? Right. Like, it seems right. to me that if they're going to pull this, our side really needs to start having laws that say you can only get your cancer treatments in the state you live. You can't go to Sloan Kettering. You can't, you can't find the best medical care you can get. Uh, you have to go with what you have in your state because what is it? Is it, is it, we're going to, is it, do we have a federal thing or is it state's rights? Because state's rights can't right. mean that then your state gets to dictate what goes on in another state. I thought that was what federal laws. Do. I don't know. The whole thing is confusing to me. Uh, so, <laughs> so we'll watch and see, but I can't, I can't let you go without talking about the amazing news in Minnesota. I was so lucky uh, last week during Abortion Provider Appreciation Week to be able to tour the beautiful new clinic. We did an Instagram live about it. We'll put that in the show notes so y'all can see it uh, in Minnesota. Talk to people about how, ex like, it's just so good to hear expanding abortion care, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. in a state like Minnesota, where as we don't know what's going to happen in June and as people are searching for care, what it means mm -hmm. to have a clinic in a state that is a little bit more abortion forward than most. Right, right. So, you know, at the same time, Whole Woman's Health has been dealing with the bad laws in Texas and Indiana. We are really working hard to build our um, ability to care for people in the states like Minnesota that are considered haven states. Um, as a Minnesotan, uh, we, we share that. Um, we are proud of being a national leader in healthcare standards and also proud of being a national leader in progressive values. And it is a state where abortion is um, protected by the constitution and where we know access to safe abortion um, will be available no matter what. And so what we have done is really um, open our nonprofit clinic, Whole Women's Health of Minnesota, and really invest in a program to help people who are displaced from places like Texas and other places um, that could be like Texas in the near future to be a haven and to be available for folks throughout the Midwest and throughout Minnesota, as well as faces, uh, places beyond. We're really close to the airport. Um, we're really on I-35 and 494 for people who are driving um, from, from outstate areas, really tried to make it as easy as possible. Um, I, as a Minnesotan, like we have things like free surface area parking and the kinds of things that are really needed for people to feel comfortable who come from rural communities or who may come from a couple states away. 
uh, and be able to have hotels nearby that are friendly, that we've done work with already so that we know they're going to be kind to the patients who might be coming from other places. Um, and we're really trying to build a referral network and a soft place to land for folks in Minnesota, in the, in the upper Midwest, and uh, who may be migrating from as far as Texas and beyond um, to come here for safe abortion care. Amy Hextra-Miller, thank you so much for being our guest. And I am always great to talk to you. <laughs> thank you so much, Liz, for all the work you do. It, it makes a huge difference. Thank you. Oh, She's I love so that. great. I loved hearing about the abortion infrastructure they're building, right? Like this idea that like you'd go to a hotel and not have to like feel like you were doing something shameful. It's just exciting. It's great. You know, big picture. Amy's always doing thinking ahead and looking at the big picture. And that makes me so endlessly happy. All right. Coming up, Moji will talk to an author who brings a new perspective to Women's History Month. But first, a word from our sponsors. And by sponsors, I mean commercial parodies of products that would never advertise on our show. In the systems of oppression, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups. Those who have never been granted justice and the real victims, vigilantes who sue strangers for $10,000 for helping Texans access their constitutional right to abortion. These are their stories. <laughs> In Missouri, every billboard, it alternates between porn and Jesus. It's really funny. Wait, aren't you from Missouri? Yeah. Did you hear about that senator who says that his bill forcing women to get transvaginal ultrasounds is no different than when he looks under the hood before he buys a car? Or buying carpeting? Whoa, he compared forced ultrasounds to buying carpet? That's bad. That's Todd Aiken saying women can shut the whole thing down bad. It's Santorum bad. It's Santorum in your hair bad. It's Santorum, Santorum in your hair bad. <laughs> we don't need politicians regulating our bodies. We have Factivia for that. Is this the same Missouri politician who says waiting three days before your abortion after a rape is the same as him waiting to get knee surgery? Nope, that's a different Missouri politician. That is bad. So bad. Welcome back to Feminist Buzzkill Live, the show that covers both sides of the abortion issue, medication and aspiration. It's Women's History Month, and with us today to celebrate some amazing accomplishments of women is author Paula Morgan Sinclair. Her new book is called Period Pieces, Great Strides in History Made by Women Who Had Their Periods at the Time. Please welcome Paula Morgan Sinclair. Hello, hello. Hi, Paula. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for having me and a very happy forum to you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, Paula, absolutely. I, this is a thrill. I had, yeah, yeah, it's so great to have you here. I had no idea that so many women had accomplished their crowning achievements while on their period. Your book is just a collection of some of them. So let's just jump right in. One woman who particularly fascinated me was the sci scientist uh, Rosalind Franklin. Yes, I'm so glad we're starting with her. So Rosalind Franklin is the woman who discovered that DNA is a helix. But of course, men got all the credit for it. <laughs> now, listen to this. Her scientific breakthrough was achieved over the course of three years and dozens of periods. Incredible woman. So 
did she have particularly hard cycles over the course of her research or other painful menstrual side effects that she overcame during her work? Uh, probably. <laughs> I mean, okay. do the math. Three years is 36 cycles. Odds are there had to be some cramping, bloating, and leakage within those nearly three dozen periods, right? I mean, you can't argue with math, Moji. And you know what? I will say, add to that the high probability that her male counterparts were stealing her research and her x-rays when she would go to the ladies' room to change her cotton pony. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff that's left out of the history books and that I rectify in mine. Yeah, they, they do leave a lot of women's history and out of history, it's for sure. Well, let's move on to the incredible aviatrix Amelia Earhart, the flying feminist. You claim in your book, her historic transcontinental flight was done while on her period. Where did you find your research and how did having her period factor in? Well, my research is logic and feminine intuition. I just know. Oh, so the book is an imagining of what could have happened in flight all those years ago. Uh, it's an imagining, I guess, of the facts, Moji. Paula, I have to be honest. These stories really seem more like suppositions rather than facts. Really, Moji? Okay, have you never had a period so horrible that you felt like nosediving your metaphorical plane into oblivion never to be heard from again? Yes? Well, then let's follow the logic there. Where there's smoke, there's a period. And Amelia Earhart crashed her plane on her period. Period. Okay, all right. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up. And I have to say, there isn't any real evidence of anyone having their period while making history until... Uh, I think it was the last chapter when you researched this female author. I know, it's me. Aren't I inspiring an entire book produced in just seven days? You wrote this book while having your period? Not just while having my period, Moji, during one cycle. As in, I wrote this entire book in seven days. You know what? And, as far as the research goes, Moji, I have included detailed pictures and provided a meticulous accounting of my vitals and my hormone changes. So I would appreciate you doing some research before you make blanket assumptions about my research. And also I will say this, if you turn to page 93, you can see the measurements of the contents of my Diva Cup day by day. It's all laid out there. I. I I'm so good on that. Um, of course, your chapter on you is very well researched. It's you. Um, thank you. I'm going to take that as an endorsement. I mean, it's maybe an endorsement of your chapter, but regardless, Paula, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, why did you write this book? You want to know why? Because people always say, oh, women can't be president. Oh, we can't give them the nuclear codes. What if they get their period and they get so emotional that they just hit the button or, you know, maybe they'll be in the, in the middle of signing a treaty and get hungry and say, I want pickles and then suddenly forget what they're doing. You know, people say that all the time. And I am here to prove those naysayers wrong, that we can sign the treaty. We can discover the helix. We can fly the plane and we can write the book and we can do it all while having a bloody, messy, disgusting, unruly period. I mean, fair. It could have been a tweet, but fair. 
Anyway, the book is called Period Pieces by Paula Morning Sinclair. You can pick it up. I'm going to let you figure that out. Thank you, Paula. Good luck. Uh, thank you. Before you go, um, I just want to say if you download the book right now, you can. Um, I include an audiobook of the recordings of my gurgling, bloated belly as I write the entire book. It's incredible. Thank you, Paula. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. Oof. Um. That was wow. Hmm. That was that was chunky. that was <laughs> that was chunky. Uh, wow. And uh, do we know what other books she's written? Has she written other books? Let's just wait till her next cycle. I'm sure there's going to be something. Yeah, I'm sure she'll barf something out. Um, <laughs> unbelievable. Um, well, that is our show, and it's going out with a cramp, uh, which is kind of amazing. <laughs> a lot to unpack. Maybe we could go back to um, the good moments of Amy Hextra Miller. Um, what do you think your biggest teachable moment was this week, Moji? Listen, we've just been talking about all these goddamn Texas style abortion bans. And if somebody's meemaw comes at me trying to sue me for my abortion, I am throwing bows. Wow. You are throwing bows. Um, throwing bows. I, I don't, I think what I learned was, uh, oppression has officially surpassed the Olympics as an international favorite sport. That's what mm. I feel like I learned this week. So mm. here we go. That is the show. Thank you for watching. And thank you, Amy Hegstrom Miller, for stopping by. And thank you to Paula, uh, whose book is available where books like that are available. But if you want to support Amy Hegstrom Miller and help patients from Texas and other hostile states access abortion care in Minnesota, please send a donation to wholewomanshealthalliance.org. And we continue our Adopt-A-Clinic program where during Lent, we're asking you to help some special clinics who get extra special harassment during the Easter season. And you can get all the details of how you can adopt one of these clinics at aafront.org resources. And remember, support your feminist buzzkills by liking and subscribing on the Abortion AAF uh, YouTube channel and by making a donation to aafront.org. And if you miss Show us live, us the money. give us the money. If you miss us live, you can watch anytime on YouTube or you can listen to the broadcast in pod form. This episode drops Sundays wherever you get your pod picks. That's right. And join us next week when the hilariously and Lord drops by Plus, we talk with Tara Murtha, the Associate Director of Strategic Communications at the Women's Law Project. And if that sounds fancy, it is. She's going to be here to talk about how the anti-abortion movement is able to track your moves and collect your data if you end up at one of those fake clinics. Mm, fake clinics. Well, fake for clinics. now, we'll leave you with a man for whom showing his whole ass seems as natural as breathing. <laughs>
Feminist Buzzkills Live is a production of Abortion Access Front. Subscribe to our YouTube at aafront.org slash fbksub.